Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week, we have a couple guys in here representing the Clemosh Fest this year. Actually, these are the guys, right? I mean, you guys put on the, the festival, second year. Yep. I'm going to introduce you guys, left to right. Awesome. Gabe Gazik. Yep. Hello, guys. And we got Jordan Gannon, his partner What's in crime. On? You guys you guys are the the two that really put it, do it, make it all happen. Yes, sir. And we're going to talk about the why and the how and, and all the stuff that goes, the fun that's been had by it and everything. But let's start like we always do from the beginning. Actually, you know what? Let's not. Okay. I want to talk a little about Klimosh first. Sure. Because there's something about the name that I can understand people like messing around with it. You know, like, is it, because I even asked you, is it Klimosh Festival, Klimosh Fest? What is yes, it? we we accept uh, two answers, right? It's either Klimosh or Klimosh Fest. No in betweens. <laughs> That's it. I've heard everything. We've heard we've heard stuff from you know Cleveland Mosh Festival to just like Mosh Fest, no name attached. But this is like this is Cleveland, man. It's got to be in all caps too, by the way. All caps. All C L E M O S H. Yep. So that's the name. Putting it on record. Klimosh or Klimosh Fest. Klimosh or Klimosh Fest. So Klimosh yeah. is really what it is, but because mm-hmm. it's a festival, you could put the fest on there just let people know what it is yeah, in, in, in exactly. a way it makes sense. And this is a metal fest. I mean, this would be, that's what it is, right? This is yes. These are metal bands, thus the mosh. Well, I mean, it could be a lot of these. It could be hardcore. It could be metal, but this is, that's what it is. It's metal. For sure, yeah. And, and you guys are also in, in a band. Yes, um, we're kind of between bands currently, but I'll, I'll let Jordan kind of give you the info on that. Yeah, so actually we just recently decided to end our band that we've had since we were 14 years old. And um, How recently did you guys do that? Our last show was in June. Okay. So like it was like a big thing. That was our headliner, kind of like last show, goodbye show type thing. Um, but yeah, we just ended it. Because uh, we were getting really focused on this festival, and we were also dealing with a lot of different creative differences and all that usual band stuff. But we're just looking to do kind of bigger, better things. Yeah, we didn't want to make a big hoop lot of ending it. I mean, we're just a local. We were just a local band, you know. We did pretty good for a local band, I'd say. Played for some pretty good names like Attila, Mushroomhead. We got around for the five years that we were a band. What was the name of the band? Did you? What was the name? Dying Desolation. Okay. Yes. And, um, yeah, it was fun. We were in that band, like you said, since we were kids. When we first met, we wanted to do a band, and so we did. And it was a lot of fun. Um, got to meet a lot of people that we've still stayed in touch with throughout the whole process and into the Klimosh and stuff. But, yeah, we're currently um, just casually writing music with another friend of ours. But um, that's, you know, yet to come as far as making it an official band and stuff. But we're just focusing on this festival for now. Is that what it is? So it's just like the music part of you is still has to come out and you guys guys still got to do your thing. But yeah, this well, festival takes a lot of time and energy and that yeah. part of it. So you can't commit to anything. For really. sure. And there's a lot of like taste changes that happens between the ages of 14 and 20. Sure. You yeah, know? Absolutely. You, your taste matures. And everybody kind of goes in a different direction at that point. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. So is that is that also what happened? You guys started also to like, well, I'm not really into this anymore. You had a couple of that, for or sure. one of those guys, and somebody else. Life happens to you maybe or whatever and yeah. stuff like that. We're right. all still very good. Kind of filters the whole process. It's a filtering process, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, we're, I'm still I'm personally still very proud of what we managed to achieve. We had you know we had some pretty good numbers at at our height, you know, on Spotify and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think we just kind of 
Klimash has opened up our eyes to what we can really achieve if we part if we put our heads together. Just like you know, the extra cooks in the kitchen kind of complicates things. We've always been a good pair, I think, and um, just seeing how it took off its first year has shown us that our ambitions should be a bit greater than what that band was. That was kind of like a meandering local level band. We wanted to take it a step further if we were to continue writing music. So we decided to just start fresh. We're going to come back into the scene with our own stuff and hopefully, you know, come out the gate swinging next time. But um, yeah, for now, Klimash has been a good learning experience and just opened our eyes to what we can do together. Is it, is it a learning experience from the, the standpoint that you're meeting other bands and meeting all these new musicians and seeing what you can be, or is it from the standpoint of what you two have accomplished together doing this, or is it both? I'd say it's both. I think it's definitely what we can accomplish together in terms of like how we managed to make it a successful, sold-out, first-year show with, you know, not a whole lot of promotion even. Um, but also I think like, you know, managing, cause there was a lot of bands that first year. There this was, is the ballroom too. Beachland ballroom, right? This yes. is so, so this is like three, 400, how many, how many people is max there? Uh, 500 in the main stage of the ballroom stage. And we also had the tavern in the mix, which is I think two fifty or so. Oh, so you, you had 750 almost sold. Yes. That's what you guys did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy crap. That yeah. is a lot. But so doing that and managing all those different bands, you kind of get like a bird's eye perspective on the local scene. And you know, um, I love the local scene, but a lot of bands do a lot of things wrong. And I think um, managing a lot of them at once kind of taught me that. Um, personally, I think Jordan also agrees. It, it's like, you know, it just kind of showed us that, like, we it, it kind of put into perspective what we were doing wrong as well, you know, because a lot of like local bands are just very much the same in, in terms of how they're um, operating. And we were like that too. And, um, you know, it just opened our eyes to like we got to be better than this. You know, what do you mean? I mean, so so like like you're talking about operating. You're not talking yeah. about necessarily the songwriting process and stuff like that. You're yeah, talking about yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, more so like a lot of these local bands. Again, I love them all, but they 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 have low standards for themselves in a way. Like you know, they'll be playing ten shows a month in the same city, and like two people come out to each show, and it's like they've been a band for eight years. And I just like you know seeing that, I'm like, wow, I don't want to be like that. You know, it's a promotional thing. You think bands don't know how to promote themselves more so kind of spread themselves out, get more recognition. Yeah. And again, it could be because I'm also a marketing minor, but it just it just kind of, you know, when you see these great bands with an awesome stage presence, sorry, and um, great songs and then they're playing these, you know, shows that are not at the caliber they should be, you know, it kind of just uh, disappoints me. And I figure, you know, a lot of it is just kind of, you know it comes with the tag of like local band. People are like limit themselves to being like quote unquote, just a local band instead of, you know, they're competing with themselves instead of the people at the top. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. So. And because there's a difference between being a local band and being a band from Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Those are two different, those are two different it things. It also depends on what your goals are. You know, like if you, if all you want to do is play live and stay home, mm-hmm. that's great. You know, if yeah. you want to just keep playing or whatever, but obviously our goals, we want, we want to grow quite the audience, you know, nationally and possibly play those bigger festivals or get on some good tours. Music is more than just point. a hobby for us, you know, and we feel like it couldn't have grown past that with our previous band because it was very much operating as a local band, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So. And and you guys have now, like, dipped into, like, some other 
avenues, not just making music with the band stuff, but, mm -hmm. you know, taking on a festival is big work, you know? Yeah. We, we did our own concert, and we had three bands, and that was a lot of fucking work. I yeah. could only imagine how what it's like when you guys did what you guys put together there. And, you know, the, the, the you know, for what it's worth, I'm sure it's the same. The mm -hmm. biggest battle is just selling tickets. I mean, like, just that part alone is monumentally it's tough because it's just tough. It's there's, there's, it's, it goes back to the local minded thing where almost when you're doing this thing, you almost want to take the local somehow out of the equation. So people don't see that because somehow it's almost like a, it's like a four letter word yeah. that, that, that people somehow degrade the situation or the whole thing because it's got the local name attached to it. It means lesser. It gives you a right. ceiling. Yeah, it means yeah. somehow it means lesser than yeah. local does. And and it's crazy to me, especially since I started doing this podcast and meeting all these bands and then going out and seeing all these local bands, which I obviously I didn't do as much until I did this podcast. Right. And I'm like, holy shit. Like there's so much out there to see yeah. that's killer. And and I think that there's people who never even give it a chance. Hundred percent, and that's one of my personal goals with this festival is to kind of, you know, get rid of that barrier, you know. But because we, you know, at least this year and moving forward, we want to, you know, have like our goal for this year was to have um, national bands on the ballroom stage and then locals on the tavern. So the draw is mostly in the nationals, but people will also come and see the locals, and it'll give them a big platform to, you know, get a bigger audience because, you know. All these festivals, the issue is, well, number one, Cleveland didn't have its own festival until we came around. You know, there's festivals like Incarceration in Mansfield, which is close enough, but in, or like in Columbus, Sonic Temple. Um, but Cleveland in itself had never had its own festival. So that's one, that was one untapped market. But then also there was, there's, you know, most festivals always feature the same fucking five bands playing every year, you know, since 20 years ago. You got like... You know, your Slipknots, your Breaking Benjamins, and, like, they're all good bands, but, like, there's never been really any modernization, I feel, you know? So um, our goal, our mission statement, in a sense, is to, even with the Nationals, put on, like, the bigger, more up-and-coming ones instead of the same ones that everyone can see anywhere else anyways. And then also, with that, bring in the best, you know, our person. We, we handpick all the local bands, you know? Um, some of them ask us to play, but we still have to review them, you know? And we feel that we've picked, you know, every year we're going to pick the, the best of what Cleveland has to offer in the metal and rock uh, scenes. So it's going to give them a platform just as much as well. Last year when you were at this, doing that part of the process where you were picking bands and stuff like that, and obviously what you were saying is last year was a lot more local. Mm -hmm. This year you're going to kind of switch For it sure. up a, some. But was it, was it easy? Did bands immediately say, yeah, I want to do this, and you had no problem picking them, and you had to like kind of like narrow it down? Or was last year like a little different than what it is? So um, we had a handful of friends just in other bands. So immediately we had a pretty good group of bands ready to go they were on board with the idea they liked it um like our buddies from pray for sleep in columbus they were right on board i think we brought up the idea to them first and they said they would play it and whatever else but um you know it was it was easy and then it wasn't because you know it's funny that mission statement that i mentioned kind of it really changed in evolved rather quickly because the idea started out when we were still in that band that we mentioned and the whole concept was like wouldn't it be cool to do like 
a mega show with like a bunch of our buddies in the scene and all local bands and just like because we've seen people try it before but not really successfully like people would you know get a bunch of bands put them in like a hole in the ground venue and not sell tickets and then it just kind of falls through but we thought like wouldn't it be cool to gather a bunch of our friends and really good local bands and just do a big like local festival and then at first you know there was some immediate bands that we were friends with like jordan mentioned but then there was people that like you know we wanted to get some of the bigger locals but they were skeptical because we had no experience organizing shows that weren't our own um but then um when we announced the festival um around september of last year um I think our marketing for it was so good out the gate that instantly when we announced like, you know, all these capital letters, new Cleveland festival, heavy bands, um, we got a lot more attention instantly. Like people, there were national bands hitting us up. They didn't know it was meant to be just a local festival. And all of a sudden I'm getting offers and requests from these nationals like, hey, we're coming through that area. We want to play your festival. We'd already booked all the, all the locals. We're like, shit, what do we do now? So we even actually had to add two slots to the roster last year to make room for two national bands, which was just by pure chance. We just happened to catch their eye. And then we realized that potential was there for including them in the mix too. Are you just using social media to do this with? Is yes. that how you're doing yeah. it? Just through, and, and what are you using? Instagram? Instagram and Facebook mostly, yeah. That, and, and that you kind of stick by that? That's your, that's, that's. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it work for you? Yeah. I mean, so far so good. Especially Instagram especially has been great because um, I think just like, you know, the cross promotion is really good on Instagram. Like you can invite if you have a band playing, you can invite them to like collaborate. It's called on, on the post and they can add their audience to the post as well. There's a lot of just good cross promotion, but you know, another one of our goals was to not invest a single dollar of our own money into this. And to this day, we've only invested in the logo and that's it. Yeah. The rest has been completely free. No kidding. Yeah. So you guys really don't have a lot financially put into this whole process at all. Now don't know. Is there any kind of like, do you have to to get bands on? Bands just voluntarily come on, or no, is there a commitment to that? It's it's sponsor funded, so we get um, a lot of local companies or businesses will get to uh, pitch in because they believe in the festival, and we'll exchange for some social media. Gotcha. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Put their logos on. The so it is it is sponsor driven. The event, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, on top of just bands, we can also shine some spotlight on local brands as well and people that we you know it's never some bullshit like um drink or like furniture business it's always something relevant like we have like you know um recording studios in cleveland or we have like guitar repair shops in cleveland etc tattoo artists tattoo artists and so on and so if they want some promotion as well they just pitch in a little bit of money for us to help fund get these bands on the bill and we promote them on our instagram and such and it works out for everyone and you guys are a part of that process also you guys sell the advertising and everything that's so oh, yeah. that's part of it. You yep. guys got, so you guys, so do you guys have other jobs other than doing this stuff too, where you guys have a full-time job and this on top of it? Yeah. So, would that so, be correct to say? I mean, that's a lot, dude. Right. I mean, what you guys yeah. are explaining to me just sounds like an incredible amount of work. Plus coming out here and doing this kind of stuff also to try to get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. We're both a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> like uh, my like normal job would be that I install windows and it's kind of part time because I actually fly down to South Carolina to install windows just because they pay better. And uh, my dad's got 
uh, some connections and stuff. Oh. That's what he does, so it's kind of a good like okay. And mushroom head. You. So you so you can that you can too. you can just literally go make a ton of money in in in, in spurts like and then so you're not having to go do right. forty hours. I try week. I try to like make a good chunk sum of money in one time frame, whether it's a week or two weeks, and then I'll come back home and just save it for as long as I can. I also work with mushroom head like you just said. Um, with their art and I tour with them now, um, doing stage production and water drums here and there. So no kidding. Yeah. Oh, you play the water drums once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Daniel Fox. Did you know Dan Fox? I do. And I saw that. Yeah. That was great. Here's what a cool dude that was too, man. He's always so chill, but, um, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. And, um, Oh man, I feel like I was gonna say something after that, but Some, something profound. Drum teching. Did you just yeah. switch channels on me, man? Maybe kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, but I just I do stage production for them and the art back at home. So. Cool. Uh, so you so you're you do, art also on top yeah, of so like painting the masks and stuff. Oh really? Yeah. How the hell do you get into that? Just tried it one day and. and, and well, and, um, my buddy Aiden got connected. Uh, to Mushroom Head through a few uh, just mutual friends that they knew, you know. Um, do you know the band Dose by any chance? Heard of them. Okay, well, they were connected with them, and that's how he got connected, and he kind of threw me in there because we were kind of trying to do the same exact thing. He's a drummer too, you know, and uh, eventually just got to know everybody, and Skinny wanted me to try painting masks because I was interested, and that's kind of how it went. I guess, I, guess I, I guess I didn't even ask you guys what instruments you guys play. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a drummer. We got that yes. out. Yeah. Guitarist. Guitar and drums. Yeah. Wow. So you guys, so let me get, I, I wanted to, because before I forget this and stuff, because it's kind of interesting what you guys were saying, because I think Pat and I can relate to what you guys had kind of said. I know, I know Pat brings it up a lot, is that you guys are in a band, mm-hmm. and through this whole band process, at some point, you realize that you and him somehow think differently kind of than everybody else. You kind of like have your own thing. And with fewer, there's less oh, yeah. problems and less other things that can go wrong. And you, you kind of know that you two kind of can handle things in a way that right. there is no drama and there is none of this other stuff. You, you tend to agree on most things. You tend to, things are easy. Yeah. And that's how me and this dude are always bad. And that's right. why, you know, even when we, when we were making our music and stuff for years, it was just me and him doing everything. Pack and pack and play bass, play guitar, we had drum machines. We had some guys would come in and do drums for us and do just sit in for the recordings or whatever sometimes. But always it went back to the two of us. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem with two people is that it's hard to do live. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you can't really do a band. You can't really create this whole band atmosphere in a recording and then do it live. So right. have you guys even discussed any of that part of this whole entire thing? Or are you guys so focused on the festival part right now that the band thing is taking a thing? I mean, like, you guys are writing music still. You're still doing all that. Are you going to take it to that level where you're going to have to create another band? And then what would you do then? It's just going to be like Steely Dan. I don't even know who Steely Dan is, but it was two guys, and they would hire studio musicians to literally fill in the rest of the band. Right. Yeah. What, um, do you guys, what would you guys do? As of right now, we're writing music with a friend of ours who is a vocalist. And, um, you know, I can – when you play guitar, you basically also play bass. You know, it's the same thing, just two less strings essentially. Um so, I mean, like, writing and recording-wise, it's no big deal. He can play drums, I can play the string instruments, and then our buddy can sing. Live, I mean, it's easy enough to just do bass, you know, with backtracks. I know some elitists out there are going to, you know. So you guys have already decided that it's just you two. That's it. You guys, you don't want 
anybody else involved. I mean, it, it would be a three-piece, the band. So the guitar player is part of it also, you're saying, is the guy that you guys are recording with right now? Uh, well, he's our vocalist. He would be our vocalist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he'll play guitar, I'll play drums, and then our vocalist. And then the bass will be on tracks. Most yeah. likely, we could we could I mean we could hire a uh, a bass player if we wanted to just for live. But I mean, like, we don't really care about. We don't have that the old school mindset of like there has to be actual bass. You know, no, I got you. No, so, in this yeah. day and age, you don't have to. Exactly. But, but so right. you guys, so that's it. That's what that's what it's come down to. And then also this now, if I'm not mistaken, you guys were on the bill of last year's festival. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, explain to me, like, how does the whole idea of the festival even start to begin, like, to form in your mind? Like, at what point are you guys kind of like, let's do a festival? When and why? To be quite honest, th- there was, you know, of course, like I mentioned, like the <laughs> just the the desire to bring a bunch of bands that we like and have played with over the years together for one big mega show, but there also was, you know, that side of like selfish, like if we do this festival, we can put ourselves as the headliner, you know, why not? So, so <laughs> that, that was definitely a factor for year one. Although when I, I mentioned that, like at a certain point we got national bands attentions and um, we ended up going second to last in the main stage because the national for that year that we just were so lucky to, you know, get in touch with and get on the bill. They were the last band, but um, you know, I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't part of our motivation in the first year of doing it just to, give ourselves also like a bit of a platform with our own band. Of course, now we're no longer in a band. Um, I mean, our new band in the future, when we do eventually get the wheels rolling on that, we would like to play the festival. I mean, it's just our own festival. It's easy enough to book. Yeah, I mean, hopefully but. they'll let you in. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Run the thing, our assholes, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, aren't you guys going to miss that part this year? I mean, I, w- I, I would think that that's got to be, like, pretty freaking cool part of the whole entire process of course i like personally i would want to play it every year of course but um i'm totally okay with waiting too you know it'd be much more worth it to me to get this band a really good format or uh foundation and then get it running rather than rush it just to play the festival this year you know yeah and also it just allows us because like you know last year of course it was year one it's gonna you know have some kinks in the system um but you know, it was very stressful <laughs> that first year um, managing 14 total bands and also playing. So this is just going to be a good way to just kick back and kind of let it be a bit more smooth sailing. Cool, cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, I want to talk about all the bands that are playing this year. Mm-hmm. I want to play about, I'll talk about some of the stuff that happened last year. And that's really it. That's, <laughs> that's going to take a while. Okay, cool. Got a lot of bands to talk about. Yeah. All right, when we come back, a couple minutes, we'll sit here with the guys putting on the Klimash Fest this year. Couple minutes when we come back. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. What's up, everybody? This is Don Foose from One Life All In, The Spud Monsters, Run Devil Run, Lifeline, and my solo band, Foose. I'm coming at you live to let you know I have a new book out called Motivate Me. It's a memoir of inspirational quotes, stories, and life lessons. This book takes you through my life and shows how I've handled adversity firsthand by the inspiration of others. If you lack enthusiasm but want to make goals in life and get after them, then this book is for you. To order, go to my website at foosforlife.com, F-O-O-S-E-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com, foosforlife.com. I'd like to send a big shout out to Big Bry. And Pat, the producer at Level Up Cleveland, for making a platform for hometown musicians and artists like myself to promote our bands and projects. 
This is Don Foose signing off for the Level Up Cleveland podcast. Peace out. We got Gabe, we got Jordan. We're talking Clemosh Fest right here. This is going on this year. This is going to be December 9th. Yes. Also, I don't know if we discussed the date yet, but December 9th, mm-hmm. Beachland Ballroom and Tavern. You guys are going to use them both. Now, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but I went to that Shotgun Festival that was at the Beachland Ballroom. That was at Alethea, put on that thing, and she had eight bands, and it was very similar as far as uh, you had f- four bands in the ballroom. Four bands in the tavern, nice. and one band played the tavern, and then they would switch over to the ballroom while this right. band set up. They're yeah, allowed yeah. for set up time. Is that is that what you guys are kind of going to do exactly here? Exactly what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. That, it works really well there. Oh yeah, I loved that setup. I mm-hmm. thought that was so genius, and I was like, "Wow, is that so?" Is that what you guys did last year also? Yes, same yes. type of thing. It was seven and seven last year. That's a lot, man. Yeah, I, I mean, coordinating that too has got to be tricky too. I mean, like. There's, there's, this is like precise timing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Things can't just get too far out of whack at all, or it fucks the whole thing up. Yeah. yeah. So how do you guys? I mean, how do you guys do that? Is uh, there more than just you two at, at that point? No. <laughs> no. No. We, at at we no build point. We a very strict schedule, and we let the bands know like months in advance, and yeah. like, we sent them this whole like PDF packet basically of like every detail of the venue and like where where they need to be at certain times we went over there took pictures of every entrance and exit and stage and we like labeled it with arrows and circles we had like a seven page document outlining everything (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous yeah no kidding we got real nerdy with it but and i'm (laughs) and i'm ocd so i I had to have everything like down to the last minute detail you know documented for all the bands are these things like laminated too and 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 it's all all digital but it's basically at that point (laughs) but you know what you know what sucks though about local bands is that they don't fucking read them yeah (laughs) it doesn't matter like i'll get there and they're they're like they're loading in they're like hey where do i put my i'm like dude this was, I wrote, like, a seven-page fucking document. <laughs> Does that annoy you? The hell out of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they show up there. I got my hands full with a bunch of other shit. Yeah, like, like the, the whole idea, the reason that you did that is because you knew that you wouldn't have the time yeah. to do that at, at yeah. when this event's right. going we on. We put in all this extra work to make sure they're prepared just for them to show up unprepared. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, at musicians. least the national bands are going to fucking read it. Musicians are harder. Managers. They're a little tough. Musicians are tough. Yeah. They're, 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 they're one-track-minded, you know, gig, yeah. gig, gig. That mm-hmm. All the other stuff, somebody else's problem. Yeah. Right, and if they're really hustling, I get it. You know, like if you're in your own band and you're really trying to make it grow, you're doing everything. You know, you're running your own merch, you're running your own marketing, and just be- trying to build your own brand as well as playing other shows, not just yeah. ours. You know, so oh no, I, it I is. can see why they see a giant packet and they're like, oh, but that's no. all part of it too. <laughs> like you guys got to consider the merch part of it, so you guys got to have all that set up. You have mm-hmm. well, they have a they have a nice area already set up, kind of like the Beachland. That's kind of like set up for you in a way. That area gets real small when you have 14 bands. I was just going to oh say, though, God. how do you do 14 of them? That's that's a story for you. Um, <laughs> we have made multiple trips to the beach, and we have our own guy over there that we talked to about everything. And we were told one thing, which was basically, you know, for 14 bands, plus we had our own Mosh merch, and year one we had vendors, which we're not doing oh. ever again because that was, you know, that was so cramped. What kind of vendors were there? 
There was one that sold like little like punk trinkets, like pins and stuff. Oh, that like kind that. of stuff. Stuff like more yeah. merch, merch types vendors. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah. Got you. I this got year you. we're only doing sponsors, no vendors, because that just it was way too tight. Um, but we were told way in advance that we could use obviously that like you mentioned the merch area that Beachland already has in the little hallway. But we could also use some spots of the tavern and. The ballroom, the ballroom being the biggest open area, of course, we could line the wall, the walls with tables. Then we show up there, day of the festival, again, sold out festival, and some other guy tells us, you know, we're putting tables out in the in the ballroom. Um, we have little envelopes for the bands with their names on it on the table with their like lanyards and stuff. And some guy tells us, yo, you gotta move that. This is a this is a fire hazard because this many like because you know one of the walls is a fire escape area, and we had put some tables relatively close to the the fire escape door not blocking it of course we're not that dumb but um we were told that it can't be anywhere in that proximity right and so we had like just a bunch of like basically half of the bands with the merch tables we had to move elsewhere and consolidate and we ended up putting a lot more than we wanted to in the tavern which actually made the tavern even smaller than it already is which was kind of shitty but um this year again we're doing no vendors. There's two less bands this year as well. There's 12 instead of 14. And um, I think we just have a better idea of where everything should go. But that was a big stress the day of. So Yeah, because yeah. you're trying not to have anything go wrong and something like that where it's just like, this is what I got to do. This is what's going to go wrong and take yeah, all my time. Right, exactly. This stupid crap right here, you know yeah. what I mean? And you got so many other things that, that are going on. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as as far as... The twelve from fourteen. That's designed. That, that was that by design. You guys were like, all right, fourteen was too much. Let's let's, let's get. Or yeah. did that was that what it was? Well, you know, after thinking about it, you guys were like, oh. I think originally we thought to have twelve bands the first year, yes. but then those two nationals reached out to us, and we couldn't and instead resist. of subsist yeah. like substituting bands, we just added them on. You know, so it kind of made it a lot larger. Now the bands that are playing this year, do you guys know who some of them are? At least, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys don't know all 14, or maybe you do. You're just not telling anybody. I don't yeah, know. We know. We but, know ma- but you guys know. Yeah. So, 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 so who's who's on the who's on the bill? So the headliner for this year is called Left to Suffer. They're a uh, pretty pretty new. They call themselves like a, a new deathcore. They're a new metal and deathcore kind of combined. They're getting really big these days. Um, they're from Georgia, I believe. They're the headliners, and we have um, below them is Tala. I think it's pronounced. Um, then also on that, these are all the nationals I'm mentioning right now on that uh, main stage. We got Left to Suffer, Tala, and the rest. I don't know the exact order of the lineup, but it's uh, we have Mouth Breather, we have um, Chamber, Tracheotomy, and a band called Perth. Perth, yes, thank you. Then on the local side of things, we have uh, A Sense of Purpose. They're from around here. Uh, most of these bands are from around here. We try to at least, you know, they're all from Ohio, but we try to get most of them from the Cleveland area. So we have um, Sense of Purpose, and they have Audience of Rain. Um, fuck. The Dead Don't Sleep. Yep, and then Midwinter, Dreamwalker, Mid-winter. and Six Deep. Yes. Wow. So you're the one that remembers everything. Yeah, we're, we're Sometimes. You guys th- so you guys both <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Left brain, right brain, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. And 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 how many bands would you say you had to like kind of like go through to find the twelve? Was there how many? How many would you say wanted to be in this? Uh, well, there were there was a good amount of locals I'd say that reached out, you know, because yeah. they just heard about the festival and they wanted to play it, and we went through a lot of those. Um, I'd say the bigger struggle was trying to find more on the national side of things. Like, how'd you guys like, go about doing it? Oh my god. We uh, 
we send a lot of emails, that's for sure. Uh, just reaching out to booking agents and the bands themselves if they didn't have a booking agent like listed on their website or social medias and whatever. Um, it was just a lot of, you know... Just a lot of throwing hey, shit at a wall and seeing what's stuck. Yes, no, maybe. Hey, yeah. let me say yes and then not we were talk in to you anymore. interesting kind of position <laughs> because... Um, of course, the goal is always to make the next year better than the last one. And we had set this kind of expectation because, again, those two nationals that played last year were completely by chance. They happened to see our marketing. They didn't even – because, again, we knew it was going to be a local festival. That was the intent going into the first year. But we had marketed it so well and got so much of a commotion going that people didn't know that it was going to be that yet. So it was just like new Cleveland festival. And nationals are like – get me on this and we and we did we had a band called i set my friends on fire play last year as a national they're pretty big band you know compared to all these locals at least and so the expectation is that we're gonna have more nationals bigger nationals this year and it was cool because on the local side of things we had you know notoriety now that's the cool thing about a year two we already had a sold out year one to go off of they knew okay i want to be a part of this now so that was no issue at all we had a ton of local bands hitting us up we had to decline a lot of them unfortunately um but national wise you know just one year in the beachland ballroom you know isn't really enough to or, that fucking guy's pissing me off <laughs> go ahead sorry no it's, it's okay it's okay go ahead <laughs> it's good. It happens. Okay. It, the bleed through is not I, I nearly just, as bad as you think it's yeah, going to yeah. be, but but he's just. Just wanted to make sure we're still good to go. The cacophony of suck. <laughs> That's what he was talking about. But go ahead. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, but like for the nationals though, um, we're still newbies. You know, we're still fresh at the. Yeah, game. you only had one year behind you. Exactly. So, far. so it's it's weird the the kind of duality between like you know the the locals all love us but the nationals are still skeptical you know. Well, sure. And we had a goal. We wanted to start booking bands way earlier this year. We started reaching out to them in like April, and we thought like okay by June we're gonna have the whole lineup booked. Then it was like last month we had no headliner still because the amount of nationals that we hit up versus the amount of responses we got was ludicrous. It was like 50 emails, 10 responses, nine of them instant no's. And it's like, it sucks because like, it, it just kind of boggles my mind. Like you think a booking manager would want to look into like getting a show, get more information, but they just don't fucking respond at no. that level. It's just like, we kind of felt like we were hitting a brick wall because like, you know, to say that our heads were a little big after our first year was, you know. Yeah, right. But, a lot but, more success than you thought. You're yeah. like, oh, this is easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, like, that one national that kind of landed in our laps was not at all indicative of the rest of the national process. So we kind of humbled ourselves, you know, just, like, reaching out to all these bands, just, you know, radio silence, you know. And uh, Left to Suffer, who we got as a headliner now, was kind of uh, just a funny situation because we hit them up first, I think, actually. That was our first, like, our number one pick yeah. um, back in, like, wanted. April in, or May, and they weren't sure. And then we went on, you know, looking for other bands until, like, last month, and we just circled back. By any chance, are you guys still free? And they said, yes, if you can take the other five bands we're going to be on tour with along with us. And... Just like that, we had the rest of our national lineup pretty much secured so that those five out of six bands on that stage are all from the same tour. So you found somebody who was, like, going to be in this area touring, and they're yeah. like, well, we can just hit that date on the way to that place, and, yeah. That, yeah. and it just works out for everybody, and so therefore... We did kind of splurge on that, though, I got to say, because, you know, obviously paying for five instead of one, we didn't anticipate it, but it was such a good opportunity, we couldn't pass it up. So, so very much worth it. So you yeah. guys are putting up money up front to, in order, you guys are basically putting yourselves out there and 
on the on making sure that between sponsors and ticket sales you guys can cover all this and and, and then some hopefully yeah it, it's still all sponsor funded we still haven't put a, a dollar of our own money into it but we do we do send like the national bands half up front just so they don't drive from way out of you know the, the state to get there and it's like oh sorry it, it's canceled or something like that you know they get like a guarantee oh shit but um but yeah no there is uh there is some risk involved for sure with like paying them up front and just worrying about having enough to turn a profit but we've i think we've done our calculations pretty good and we know what we're doing at this point after a year and also years of experience with our own band and stuff mm -hmm. so we're confident about turning a profit and all that so here we are it's november 4th how many when did tickets start selling or, or how how when does that process when did that start well, they're already on sale. What date exactly did they start? Because I know the ticket sales started the day we announced Left to Suffer, which is the first band we announced. Um, the whole thing. So that was yeah. just recently. Yeah. It was like about today. three weeks yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. From today. Maybe four. So, yes. so, yeah. that, so, so tickets are already on sale. Correct. Yes. And and did you do the, is the ticket sale process the same as last year's as far as, as how that part goes? Or did you guys change that up at all? Yeah, it's the same. It's just a bit more, of course, because the the bands are a much bigger caliber that we're you know operating at compared to last year. But it's the same process as far as like the methods. All online, or do you guys have paper tickets also? We it's you can get them all online, but we are also giving the local bands physical tickets to sell if they have people. Oh, that so you do have physical tickets also? If you want to hit up one of the local bands and ask them for a ticket, you can, but you don't have to. Yeah. Well, how much are tickets? Thirty. 30 bucks mm -hmm. to see 12 bands. Correct. And how long does this last? What's, what's the time frame of the, of the whole thing? Doors are at 3 p.m. It's going to go until about 11, 12. So you can do all this in, in about eight hours? Yeah. Wow. How long do the bands get? Is it, does it just progress as it say goes on? First yeah. band's less time, and as the headliner gets closer, each band gets a little more time? Yeah. yeah. It starts at 25 minutes at the first couple bands, and it goes up to, like, about an hour at the last band. Wow. So, yeah. so I mean, like, there's a lot to plan, like, it, it, so let me ask you this: Like last year, was it just a lot of trial and error for you guys as far as how that all went? I mean, you couldn't. This is your first year. You guys couldn't have possibly had a lot of blueprint, yeah, for something like this, could you? And we we really didn't want to fuck it up. So I think that's why we got so in detail about like what we were talking about earlier with making sure the band's prepared with that whole packet we made and all that. But um, I mean, we didn't really go through too much. Did we like the I, first I think year? it was a lot less daunting because we had those years of experience being in a band, and so we knew what the bands would expect, and we knew that whole side of the process. You know, yeah. I, I'd say if anything, this year was harder, even though we already did it once. Because now with the nationals, you have all this legal shit thrown in there with the contracts and the formal offers and the agreements and all that, which we we're not lawyers; we're twenty years old, both of us. So. This that felt like we were kind of out of our depth. We had to get some advice from people that we knew. Um, yeah, you did though. You went and saw some people and asked questions, or did you guys just just, just friends and just online, you know, information yeah. gathering? But um, yeah, I think last year since it was local, we didn't have to be as scrutinous or professional with like again the documents and stuff. Right. That all came this year. It, it almost felt like we were doing our own show with our band, but there was just a lot more opening bands to take care of. You know, yeah. So. Just no shit. organized. Mm -hmm. So real quick, we do, I want I want to ask you guys this. So so you're a guitar player. Mm -hmm. When do you start playing guitar? Um, I think 2017, around then. Right? No, 2015. I lied to you because we Jordan and I met in seventh or sixth grade in an art class, and um, 
our first like big experience together was our both of our first concerts. It was seeing Three Days Grace at the House of Blues here in Cleveland because I liked rock. Uh, my friends all didn't really care for rock, but I knew, you know, hey, that kid from art class likes rock. Let me ask him to go to this concert with me. And we saw Three Days Grace, and this was our first concert. We were just blown away. We're like, bro, we have to do that. And I hadn't played an instrument a day of my life, except for just, I guess, like the viola in fucking fourth grade, you know. Um, but I had a guitar that I got from my family friend, so I just learned with the intent of being in a band. And he already played some drums, so that was about it. So so you had already, you, you started drums earlier? Only by a little bit. Like, I remember as he was starting to get in more into guitar, like, that's when I got my first drum kit, and then... A little bit later down the road, I got, like, the double pedal, so I started to try out more, like, metal beats and faster stuff like that. But, um, yeah, around the same time, I was 14 years old, kind of when I started playing drum kit. I played, I did play drums in band, probably. Oh, starting uh, in, in, in like, school band. Yeah, school band. Uh, I had some interest in it. I remember being really pissed, actually, because, like, <laughs> the first day of band, I was, like, all about the drums. I was like, I want to learn how to play drums. I think that's the coolest thing ever. And the first thing they had us do was like play the little xylophone bells. And I was like, <laughs> that's not drums. I was like, what the hell is this? But uh, yeah, that's when I started, probably like thirteen. What kind of what kind of music would you guys say that like, like your the band that you guys were in recently and what you guys are writing now? I don't know. Is it similar? Is it is it is it kind of like the same thing or is it is it evolved? We're kind of taking some more risks, trying other things out, but um, definitely experimenting and trying to. Yeah, but our other band was mostly just like. Metalcore kind of stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, more it, modern metal. Yeah, and and so so you got you got who who does the vocals? The other guy that he does all your vocals, and he and he does like the Cookie Monster vocal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I also yeah. do some of those too. I'm also like, live. I do some backing kind of vocals and stuff too. But uh, yeah, our current guy was in a band that broke up recently, so we're you know writing with him right now. His name is Keegan, so we're working with him. And then our in our last band that just uh, had our last show in uh, summer. His name was Cody Archer. He was our vocalist. We also had a bass player called Simon Simon Canaris. So, yeah. so so it's it, it's pretty hard, gruesome shit. Is what you're saying? It's fucking. It, it, I mean, could you guys? Would you guys be? Would you guys say you could rip people's faces off? I mean, is that is that the, you know, a few of our songs? Maybe are you guys into we're, little melody? We're, we're honestly really trying to just make whatever we feel like making and whatever comes to mind, whether it is just heavy and disgusting or sounds like a pop song like we really want to get you guys are all over the place so you want you like you so you guys are gonna have a lot of tastes and you guys it, it, it just reflects in the music you guys write for sure mm-hmm. and, i got uh, you we just want to be fun and kind of change things up because there isn't a lot of bands that dabble into multiple genres you know what i mean and it's not like it's going to be so different that we don't sound like the same band you know i still want to kind of have that sound to each of our songs but it, mm-hmm. it'll be pretty fun and different all over the place just loose yeah you know, um, one thing that's that's tough to gauge. Is, I, I mean, I know for us it is, but like you know, you guys you guys do this first show, and you sold it out, mm-hmm. right? And that's cool, but like, like you said before, your heads get big and da 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 da, and this happens, that happens, and then there's things that'll humble you real fast. Oh yeah, and and you know, like, does it worry you that maybe this that was that first time was like you're like, like, like let me ask you this. After that first one, what were the reviews of like? Did you guys see any of that kind of stuff? Were people oh, yeah. reviewing it? Did ZM Delgado show up? I mean, if ZM says it's good, dude, that's official. If did, did you guys get reviewers though that, that talked about it? Did it get good reviews and everything? Uh, was there any like official like? I know we got like a press interview the day of. Um, 
I mean, I did, did, did a you... lot of people were talking about it. The people that went to the festival that I talked to loved it. They so it, it went over really well. Anyone in the business yeah. that has done similar things has said it was impressive. I, I think it was pretty unanimously well. favorable. I think even um, a member of that first uh, first year's national headlining band, uh, I set my friends on fire. They, you know, they were a band for many many years, playing like Warp Tour back in the day and all these big festivals for many many years internationally. And uh, one of them told me after the fest, like, bro, this was one of the most organized festivals I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah, I, so I gotta was, say, yeah, it, you know, for what it's worth, like I said, I saw that shotgun thing uh, earlier this year. And the Beachland Ballroom is just the perfect place for something like this. Mm-hmm. And the tavern is it's a great. I mean, the ballroom's really cool. Yeah. And they both, you know, have their own bars. Mm-hmm. Everything's separated, you awesome. know. Yeah. And yeah. And, the, and when you're in the tavern, the bar's next to you. So you're literally, like, watching the band. You're like, I'll take another one. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so really, well, you guys aren't doing that yet. You got to know. I will be because yeah. I'll I'll be twenty one four days before. Uh, before. Yeah. Wow. So this is going to be a celebration, also. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. A little bit. Was it planned out that way? It's a little bit the day carry. <laughs> it, it just so happened to work out in my favor. It's you funny. <laughs> we are we're two weeks apart. He will not be. 21. Yeah, I'll I'm be 10 days after no. on the 19th. So you, you guys didn't plan this out that perfect yet. Know, you guys should have waited 10 yeah, more like, fucking well, days, man. we can't have it too close <laughs> to yeah. Christmas. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. true. That kind of messes things so up. So I'll just babysit bit. him this year and then. Yeah. We'll be my DI. Then we'll, we'll have to hire a babysitter for the DD. next one. And basically everybody's going to be able to hear about this on Instagram, Facebook. Basically those are your two platforms that you're you're getting the word out there in. You're selling the tickets through. Is there a website you guys also have going? Do you guys are, or is it? We have our own uh, our own website. It's called cleamoshfest.com, but it's also available through the Beachland Ballroom Zone website as well. Yeah. Oh, so they're selling them on their website, and you can get through your website also. Yes. Yeah. And there, so there, you do have a website. Yeah. Yep. And um, everything, all the information will be there. Mm-hmm. Concert will be soon. It's not really that far away. I'm a month away. Yeah. You know, it's not. The, it's and and basically. Um, yeah, man. If everybody uh, goes to Klimosh, see, I think you might as well just say it's Klimosh Fest. Yeah. If it's in the if it's in the email address. Yeah, yeah. Or the the web address. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking very well right it's now. It's okay, man. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. Okay. I appreciate you guys coming down. It's traffic, man. Uh, yeah, I think we got the word out there, though. I really, I really am excited for you guys. Yeah. I think you guys are doing a pretty cool thing. It's nice that you guys are as thorough as you guys. You, you, you I think you can handle this. Thank you. You're right. There's a lot of people putting festivals out there, and they kind of half-ass it. Yeah. They don't see right. it through, you know, and then they, they're all caves in. Yeah. Sure. All right, guys. Check them out. Beachland Ballroom, December 9th. Be there or be square. Be square. The Klimosh Fest. You can check it out on KlimoshFest.com for tickets, and they're 30 bucks. See you guys next week. This has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland on YouTube. Till next week, rock on. That'll be fine.